Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Evil? No. Selfish? Yes. I, it it's definitely was very concerning. Hey, what the hell happened to you? My wallet's so heavy. Can someone carry it? Oh, it's a big one. I'm confused. I feel like there's a D&D horror story somewhere in there. Yeah, you're what we call chaotic neutral. That's a good question, Doran. I'll tell you all about it in the kitchen. I really need to know what's happening with this coin. People who brazenly put the devil god symbol on their doors. Well, I mean, I, I guess we're... At an impasse. Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 84, Water Under the Bridge. MVP this week is at 90s Court on Twitter who writes, That sinking feeling when a DM spends so much time getting you to love a town or NPC just a little too much, and now you're waiting for something terrible to happen to it. Hashtag save Yarder. I promise Yarder is fine. Last week, you may have noticed a guest voice. That was none other than audiobook narrator and friend of the show, Jeff Hayes. You can find more of his amazing work at soundbooththeater.com. Check out some of the amazing shows, including The Stars Have Eyes and Space Buns. Tons of wonderful audio to enjoy. Stop by and say hello from us. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jeff. All right, should we do this thing? Let's do it. 
about you guys. I'm sure it's really different based on your respective partners, but I personally am very grateful that I can talk with Harlan about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, mm. talk and shop. It's mm-hmm. I mean, not that we necessarily like spill all the beans, but it's just so nice to be like, "Oh my god, we woke up this morning. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited to play D&D today." Yeah. With you. Do you guys talk with your significant others about Dice Shame? Yeah. Rach and I talk about gaming and podcasting and all that stuff all the time just because it's a, a big part of our lives. I mean, and- Rach is big into the gaming culture as well. Yeah. And a lot about Dice Shame, definitely about like Jack's arc and what he's he's up to and how poor Torin is left alone in Waterdeep all the time. Aw. Does she have any insights that you'd like to share? I think mostly she's pretty proud that Galette's made it into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would be too. That's fair. Mm. Is she a listener or does she just know about this through like osmosis through you? More, I would imagine, osmosis. She's a wall listener. Yeah. I mean, she's listening through the wall right now. She hears your side of it. Hi, Rach. (laughs) What about you guys, Alex, Justin? Yeah, I would say my wife is supportive. Um, She has no interest in the (laughs) role-playing. I think that's what makes us have such an interesting relationship. We have our own individual interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. She'll listen. And she'll be polite about it, but you know what? She'll ask. Sometimes she'll ask me some some interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think you could ever get her to sit down and play D anD D with you? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I could barely get her to listen to you know fifteen minutes. I think those are very different things, though, right? Like playing a game versus listening to yeah people play a game. There's there's a, they're very different. Mm. Engage very oh, different absolutely. parts of the brain. We played games last night. Actually, we played a good game of chess last night. But um, oh nice. And That's the night cool. before, we played a couple different. Like we do Scrabble, but it's just not in her mm. blood to be this kind of like this sort of imagination stuff. It's nothing just wrong not. with that. No, yeah, exactly. It's nice that she's a part. What about your son though? Oh, my son. <laughs> Quite the opposite. His favorite character is Red. Aww. He runs around saying. I'm red. I'm red. I've got. He's picking up sticks all the time, saying he's got a bow and arrow. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I shoot you. I shoot you. I can definitely relate, Alex, with having a partner that isn't as interested. It's not necessarily something that my partner has explored. But actually, one of the first things that we talked about when we first started dating was alignment. She dropped. She's chaotic evil. One day, huh? and I was oh, like, Oh, and you were Wait. like gotta date this woman wait what did you say <laughs> and she's like oh i'm chaotic evil oh it's this thing and i was like huh okay oh i right. know what the thing you is understand. i know what chaotic evil is <laughs> so with nikki i think we haven't played dungeons and dragons yet mm-hmm. but she's open to it she mm. she has played it once before and she would be down to play it again but i think it would have to be an evil campaign oh i'm hearing guest star the same here <laughs> and I, and i and you know what nothing compares to how we do dungeons and dragons i have to say i've played nothing dungeons and dragons with lots of people before <laughs> nothing compares to how dice shamer invictus does it you know Aww. yeah we're, we're pretty special I'm hoping that that's a good thing, Alex. Absolutely. I'm going to take it as a very sincere compliment. Dirt face <laughs> campaign. Um, whether, whether it be your DM style or or just the vibe that I always get, you know, I've never had that with another another group. I feel like there's a D and D horror story somewhere in there. Let's have our intros be self congratulatory. <laughs> <laughs> so you're standing on this frosty set of docks, the sound of the river and this clots of ice banging against the wood of the boats as you're just watching the quiet bustle of dock workers load and unload barrels, casks, carts of um, geese, boxes, shipment from Everland came in, all manner of goods onto these barges. Ships are coming in, ships are leaving, but the mood overall on the dockside is kind of somber, like everyone is nursing a hangover together. Men and women are busy, but not shouting or jovial, just hard at work. It's been a while since we've talked to Zolkin. This is a dark-skinned half-elf man with a well-groomed, oiled pompadour, one curl of which is like damply plastered to his forehead with sweat at the manual exertion he's been doing. He's the guy who met you in Nightstone, who... Tried to kill Kraloth. Who met up with Kella, um, someone who had been working with the Zentarum, and then you met up with him again 
in Belliard who brought you to the Hamburg house, actually. On my birthday. On your birthday. This is this is a man who knows seemingly a lot about a lot of things. And someone who, as it turns out, has got kind of a reputation for being a source of reputable information in Yarder. Zolkin dusts his hands on his pants and says a word to one of his companions and walks over to you. I was told I would be uh, saying hello to you this morning. What is it I can help you with? Uh, You're the one that we're meant to... Oh, well, ah, hey, what the hell happened to you? Last time we saw you, we were in uh, Belliard, and then you took some of the loot and scooted off. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know how it is. Mm. Do we like this guy or hate this guy? I say to the others. I forget, like right out loud. Mm, it's complicated. Oh, come now. I'm not talking to you, Zolkin. Do we like him or hate him? Is Zolkin looking well put together? Yeah, you said he's more well fed. Yeah, um, he's, I mean, last time you saw him, he had sort of fell out with the Zentarum. He like floated down river, badly injured for a while. Uh, <laughs> it seems like he's got himself a job and some more connections now. So at least he's he's doing all right. I think we like you for now. So mm. hi, buddy. Nice to see you. Glad you're doing well. He throws an arm over your shoulder. Yeah. Red, my friend. He lowers his voice in a conspiratorial manner. So I hear you're looking for some information. Yeah. I guess you are part of the the things that have the information, that group of people, uh, the uh, Zantarum. He puts his hand on your chest. I manage to find information just about anywhere I go. Listen, I do have the information that you need about that thing but I need your help first with something. Typical Zolkin. Oh, of course, there's always a trade-off, isn't there? Let me guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. Continue. <laughs> well, it's not too far off from uh, last time, shall we say. I need you to help me investigate something interesting a little downriver from here. There'll be gold in it for you, of course. And then I will share with you some juicy details. Hmm. Is this another trick like last time? Did you trick us last time? There was no trick. You nearly tricked me out of my share. Mm. For I think which that was a gross misrepresentation of what happened. I am willing to forgive you, of course. Zolkin, let me ask you this. If we do this, are you going to ask for another share of whatever gold we come across? Are you going to come up with some sort of... I think it's only fair. One-fifth of whatever... How do we know you know what you say you know? You know, Jack, and I turn and in a hushed tone speak to the others. And I say, as much as Zolkin is a bit of a mischievous fellow, he hasn't steered us wrong. He did split that loot in Belliard. Uh, he didn't, you know, try to stab us in the back. And I feel like at this point he's earned at least enough of our allegiance that we could trust him. He might be able to help us with the coin. I mean, we got to follow that lead. I really need to know what's happening with this coin. All right, Zulkin, you said that uh, you know about this, but you need us to help you first. We'll at least listen to what you got to propose. He holds out his hand to shake with each of you. Your hands look dirty, but I shake them anyway. (laughs) Doran looks at his own hand, sees how dirty it is, and offers it to shake Zulkin's. (laughs) After he shakes each of your hands, he lowers his voice. I found a map that was eh, on someone's belongings hmm. and i want to investigate the location therein i feel like i feel like it's going to be one of those places you know like the hamperat house somewhere where we can find hmm coin hmm. can i see the map not yet we'll be well, we'll get on a ship, won't we? And he strides forward confidently. Well, hold on. Where is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, which direction, at least? Down river, Red. Down river. Down river. Mm. All right. Red follows. And before long, the five of you are on a barge. Zolkin has bartered his way and yours onto this riverboat, and he seems quite familiar with the skipper of this barge. It's fairly large. It's a large barge. It's, 
<laughs> it's got lots of crates on the top deck of it and a small like below cabin area. It's rowed by a crew of burly looking humans and half elves, male and female. And it's not long before you depart from the shores of Yarder. I wonder if Yara sells and exports crates. Because I see a lot of those everywhere. So many crates. <laughs> More crates here. Oh, this crate is filled with crates. Get your crates of crates. And the smaller crates have smaller crates in them. Yarder's crates and pallets. <laughs> your fresh crates here. It's like Everland, but instead of geese, it's crates. Used crates. <laughs> you know, we got to get Yara and Everland together so we can crate some of these geese. <laughs> nice to meet you, Skipper. What's your name? The name's Mara Yardier at your service. Nice to meet you. Um, say, you don't know whereabouts we're going, do you? Downriver to Waterdeep. To Waterdeep? Oh, we're going to Waterdeep. That's right. That's where that boat's going. Who knows if we're getting off earlier, though, right? <sighs> what do your elf eyes see, Jack? You think we're going into trouble? How do you read on this situation? Well, I'm going to guess at some point we're planning to get off the barge before it reaches its destination, huh? Well, I, I guess you're right. We'll have to get off at some point. The barge travels at a leisurely pace through the frosty plains southward into the Deseran Valley. The terrain grows rocky and hills spring up as you float along on the churning current. It's a windy, cloudy day and jets of sunlight stream down through the bleak gray sky here and there along the way. Yeah, you've got a bunch of time on your hands. I mean, you're going to be traveling for who knows how long, at least a little while. Hey, Zulkin, can I see that map now? We're on the boat. We're committed. All right. I'll let you see it. As long as you don't do any funny business. He passes it over to you. Amazing. Uh, what's on the map? The map is a set of canyons with a like, dotted line leading westward and then a tower marked. So Jack is very historical and a cartographer. Can he tell anything about who made this map or where it might lead or what it might be going to or what? It's a pretty mundane map from your experience. The person who made it was not an expert cartographer by any means. The parchment that it's drawn on and the inks that were used to make it are lower quality. This isn't something that was passed down from generation to generation. This is more a kind of map that could have been created with little care. Hmm. You might have got duped here, Zulkin. Nobody gave a shit when they made this map. Look at all this. It's amateur. Huh. Where'd, you, where'd you get it? If you'd seen the gentleman that I relieved of this map, I'm sure you would have uh, a different opinion, Jack. This, this map may not look like much, but I assure you, we are headed somewhere important. Or at least I hope, honestly. You're here for information. I vow to give it to you once we explore this location. What is it to you? It's a win-win. Red's going to go over to a corner of the barge and just lean up against the wall. And Red is going to reach into the bag of holding and he's going to pull out that book of dragons that he took Ooh. back from Jack. Okay. And leaf through it a little bit and sort of skim. Now that there has been a bigger note on dragons, and with the added information that Kraloth has shared with me about Clarion, I want to see if there's anything that jumps out. We've now interacted with two dragons, and Harshnag has mentioned a red dragon as well, I believe. Harshnag mentioned the white dragon whose skull he removed. Sorry, the white dragon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't really talk too much about it. He just said this was like an old enemy of mine. Yeah. No, I'm just going to re-familiarize myself with my foe. After meeting Harshnag, I also learned more about giants, and mm -hmm. I'm kind of getting nervous that we might have to fight a dragon, so I want to learn more about dragons, too. Cool. I think this is a really great time to do a little bit of storytelling about dragons based on the book. Red and Jack have both become familiar with the contents of this book, so I'm sure Jack will want to jump in and interject at points with other things that he remembers. But I think it would be cool to spend this time with, you know, Red reading from the book, Jack making his comments, sort of educating Doran and Kraloth about it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Oh, nice. Hey, guys, I'm looking at this book that Chaz gave us, and I'm just thinking, you know, there's some really interesting stuff. He, he talks about them being the physical embodiment of gods, and, and he talks a little bit about sea serpents and, and how they belong to the same order as dragon kind. Like, like they're part of the same race, almost. Uh, he makes a few 
racist assumptions about dragonborn people as well, and says there's a hypothetical rainbow dragon that has all these chromatic and metallic varieties, and and that they can control life and death. Hmm. Uh, but he, he does say that uh, the idea of mastering or owning a dragon is, is basically the epitome of luck and fortune, so that should be well past our likelihood of doing. Mm. <laughs> sort of like Chaz Loth himself, eh? Mm. No kidding. Luck and fortune. I don't know about that. All of his methods are problematic. I mean, he's he steals a baby dragon, a, he, he performs all these experiments about what kinds of things the dragons can eat and, and measures the appetites of them and, and document, like, I appreciate he at least wrote it down in some sort of sense, but, huh. you know, there, there's a little bit of, I think the only thing of value in that book is the, is the little bit where he at least sort of translates some uncommon draconic phrases into, into language. I think that bit, you know, the, the dragon poetry was neat. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think Chasloth really got it when he tried to emulate the form to to write a dragon song, but there, you know, there's something there that's that's kind of interesting. Red, did you see the parts that, like those had to be lies where he talked about how he met all those dragons? Like some of that, okay, maybe he did, you know, walk up to that cave, but I don't believe half of what he wrote there. Yeah, no, I think it's a bit of bullshit, and and not to lay in on you, but some of these language translations aren't great. I actually speak draconic and he got this one wrong and red like pulls out a pen and like scribbles underneath it what it should be directly on the book because like right in his book yeah well because red again speaks draconic and uh yeah no i i I agree he conjugated that bit entirely wrong it changes the whole meaning of the sentence yeah so you guys actually you can tell like some of these translations are actually kind of genius and then some of the more mundane ones totally wrong Mm. So he's like very insightful and full of shit at the same time. Probably a combination of a misread on his part, but then also just overreaching. You learn also about a couple of specific dragons in the realm. I I could give you a whole list. It's not going to be terribly interesting to the audience, but I will say that there are a couple of notable dragons that you have learned a little bit more about by going through the pages of this book. And as you're chugging along on this river, heading now through some canyons, you learn about a dragon called Orothiter, this white dragon that lives in the sea of moving ice, and you hear about his legendary cruelty, that there are twin blue dragons living out in the desert, one named Chesaran and one named Anaxaster. Chasloth claims to have met both of these siblings and has called them rude. The weirdest part about all this, Jack, I don't know if it jumped down to you as well, but he, he said there's potential for dragons within all of us, and then especially for himself. Did that make any sense to you? I mean, the, the closest I can, I can sort of bring that together, dragons are inherently magical creatures. The you know, weave of magic is everywhere in the world. I think that's sort of how some creatures and beings can just be magical, can suddenly call Stevens out of the woodwork, anything like that. You know, so in, in that sense... You know, where there's clearly a connection between dragons and magic and and magic and everything else. You know, maybe there's there's a potential there. Certainly, there's some sorceress bloodlines and things that are right full of more direct draconic power. But I'm confused. How could how could we be dragons? Is there potential for Chasloth to turn it into a dragon? Really? Anybody I don't really? know. He might be speaking metaphorically, like we have potential to control dragons and not mm. necessarily be dragons. It's hmm. He's a bit of a weirdo. A bit. Kraloth is fiddling with the ring that um, the seer gave him. You know, one thing that is comforting is that he had purportedly so many interactions with dragons and lived to tell the tale. It means that uh, maybe we would have a chance as well. A chance for... If we have to... And Red gives him, like, a knowing look, like, yeah, if we have to. I, I agree, bud. You guys didn't talk about Clarion or any of that bit yet. No, no we haven't told you. Only Kralov Is, is there a chance Jack could be picking up on you guys trying to unspokenly say some... You definitely see Kralov, you know, paying a lot more attention to the idea of a dragon than yeah, is, you would have seen before. I mean, it, not that dragons have come up a whole lot. I, I, is there... 
something that brought them back to mind? I know, Red, you, you sort of read the book before. Is there a reason you guys you wanted to revisit it? I sort of espoused to Hashnag that I could see a dragon being behind all of this. It's something that Val Harrow said. Uh, he mentioned that he could see dragons being behind this, and then I mentioned it to Hashnag, and he sort of confirmed, and it, it's just frankly got dragons on my brain. This long, distant war between giants and dragons, and then suddenly the giants are being reordered? Mm. I mean, who stands to gain the most than the dragons? And and ultimately, when there's a problem, I always look to the person who's going to gain. Mm. Mm. Is that what brought him to your mind, Kraleth? Um, well, uh, not exactly, but, uh, I'll tell you about that later, Jack. I'm, uh, okay. I'm just, uh, well, just let me know if you guys discover anything else in that book. Um, really curious. There is more information about several individual dragons. The names Clarion, Clogiliumatar, Cryovane, Clouth. One thing that does interest me. Kraloth stops fidgeting with the ring. How was it that Shazloth was able to steal that egg from Clarion? That's pretty incredible, wouldn't you say? That's a feat that no normal person would be able to accomplish on their own, I imagine. I mean, Doran has spoken of Clarion and how devastating he was, right? Just the thought makes me shudder. Uh, he details it here, but I think it's a lot of bullshit, frankly. This chapter seems like it's filled with uh, lies. It's a lot of bravado about how brave he was and how awesome he looked doing it. It's not all that useful. Yeah. It's always been one of those things where sometimes I, I, I definitely have fantasized about going to Clarion and mentioning, hey, do you know where Chasloth took your yeah. took your kid? Here's where you can find him. It, it's been a, But then I think about, you know, back in Nightstone, which is, I guess, now... Dawn glow, and sometimes you don't you don't always understand all the knock on effects of of telling people about about um, you know other things. I, I'm still kind of well. Hall, what are you talking about? The knock on effects of telling people other things. Uh the you know the the church in Waterdeep, the Church of Lithander, got really weird mm. on me, and I I definitely in a in a letter. Um, to Karina, the the old uh, High Dawn Knight, mentioned, you know, some of the weird Asmodeus cult stuff that we found going on there. And I really thought it was going to turn out different, but... Hold on, that Tiefling family, though, I remember talking about them. You said that they were devil worshippers or something. They they literally were, yep. <laughs> they, you sent a letter about them. I did. What, what did the letter say? that they existed uh and well who just sent the letter to why i it it's definitely was very concerning at the time um to see you know my my friend's town have these these people who so clearly and openly worshiped the lord of lies and the, this big evil force uh it seemed and especially when the the you know the priest of lithander himself was also you know, believing a lot of things that just felt very different from my experience. So I mentioned it to to my friend Karina, the high dawn night uh, at the spires of the morning that that it you know it might be worth sending some some people of the faith to to try and and keep this town that had had been this work of of my friend alive. But Zolkin. Is like eavesdropping. He's he's got a fishing rod in the river and he's just trawling for fish. And he's like, So what you're saying, Jack, is that you did what the Zentarum couldn't do. You sent people to go and out the villagers of Nightstone. Is that right? That was not the intent. Uh, but it may have been what what ended up happening. And so I, but but I, I mean to the point I was you know had been thinking well it seemed pretty messed up for um, Chasloth to steal this dragon egg and from from its parent and try and raise this dragon but you know you hear some of the stories about Clarion after that and how awful they've been to to Doran's people you know maybe that dragon's living a better life and Chasloth has taken a risk to to I don't know. Shades of Grey. Are you comparing yourself to Chasloth and stealing the egg? He's saying that maybe the residents 
of Donglow are better off now. Jack. I don't know. You tattled. You ratted somebody out, and now you feel bad about it. Especially people who were nice to us, and I, I remember talking to you in those woods outside those caves, and we butted heads at the time, but I didn't think you, something like this would happen from it. That's You made a call, Jack. You made a call. Well, he made a call uh, on his own. How do you feel about it? I feel pretty betrayed by people I trusted. You don't feel guilty? Yes, I feel guilty. That, that Well, blaming the people who betrayed you and not taking account, Jack, I feel like this is a reoccurring theme. Hey, well, hold on, Red. He didn't know that they were going to do that. Of course he didn't, but there's a lot of things that Jack does that he doesn't realize the implications of. That the, the, Well, come on, Kraloth, you know that. I think there's a lot of things that a lot of us do that we don't realize the implications of because we can't mm. know what's going to happen when we act. But we have to act. Did he have to act there, though? And with the imp. There's no way that he could have known, so I think you should ease up. Hey, we've all done things. I I don't know about you guys, but, you know, dragons, they they scare the hell out of me. And I, this whole, this whole mission, we're here! Oh, let's go! Zolkin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catches a yeah. fish. It's a big one. Oh, it's a big one! Oh, that's going to be great on the grill. It gets bigger the more he tells people about it. Anyway, yeah, and Red puts the book away. I guess let's just focus on the task at hand. The riverboat's skipper lights oil lanterns along the prow and stern, pressing back against the closeness of the night. You spend a whole day on this ship and and a whole night travels. Obviously, the, the boat is still traveling downstream, and... As you play cards on the deck of this ship, the four of you and Zolkin, his tongue loosens a little bit and he starts to tell you about some of the the good gossip that he knows. Hmm. I tell you, I don't even really miss working for the Zentarum that much anymore. At first, you know, it feels good to be part of a company of people. It doesn't even matter who they are or what they do. But... Zentarum operatives downstream, actually kind of where we're headed, they're complaining of supply problems recently. That's part of why I'm uh, placed in Yarders to figure out what's going on. Mm. Mostly for a personal interest, but there may be a couple of people who are paying me a coin or two for my information. Are you splitting that coin with us too? D- uh, don't be silly, Red. That's, that's coin that I come to fair and square. Hmm, so wait, you're with the Zentarum again? No, I'm I'm learning about them for an interested party, shall I say. Oh, I see, I see. Yes. <sighs> Doran kind of turns to uh, Red and he's like, Would you believe if Zulkin uh, was doing some, some good in this world? Pfft, no. Blows my mind. He puts another gold piece on the pile in the middle of the table and raises his eyebrows at you. Surely, Doran, you don't think that I'm only capable of evil acts? Evil? No. Selfish? Yes. Yeah, you're what we call chaotic neutral. <laughs> and I can get behind that. Let's not bring alignment into this, uh-huh. old friend. Uh, well, look, we're not saying you're a bad guy, Zoken, but you can't deny that when you first rode into Nightstone, you were under very different circumstances. Oh, I was uh, serving specific orders. And instead, now you're getting information for them? <laughs> Just don't betray us, all right? I think that's what we're getting at. <laughs> of course. Yarder, though, what did you think about it? Such a cool town. Oh, the coolest. We got matching tattoos. Yeah, look. You gotta be careful with uh, with those marks in Yarder. What do you mean? Well, you don't want to seem like you're, you know, part of an organization. Hmm. Oh, what kind of organization would have a tattoo? Well, it's well known among some circles that Yarder's got its own criminal guild Mm. and if you're seen to have some kind of belonging or organization well then you might become a target what's the criminal guild's sigil i don't know they're very secretive i know that they're called the hand Mm. he waggles his eyebrows at the four of you an all-female thieves guild oh my guess is their sigil is a hand (laughs) now that you say that (laughs) What about you, uh, Zolkin? Does the Zantarum have any tattoos of any kind? Well. Or brands? The symbol of a snake. Do you have one? I don't. Hmm. 
yeah, the jaw died for me, will you? And I just pull out a random piece of paper and get a sketch. Yeah. Just in case. He draws it. It's like a little coiled serpent image. Cool. I think it's got wings. It's a flying snake. I mean, especially if this information needs to go to the Centaurum. Might be beneficial. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with that fish? You want me to... Do a little something, something with that. <laughs> I got some spices I could throw on that. I got some paprika actually that I could throw. Is it paprika what? or paprika? <laughs> That's a good question, Dor, and I'll tell you all about it in the kitchen. Early the next morning, a vast bridge appears on your southern horizon. As you approach, the span of the bridge tickles your memory, and you recognize the structure as the site of your combat with the fire giant. Oh. And twirled flame tongues last stand many centuries ago. Wow. You know, it's uh it certainly brings a smile to my face, having a different perspective. Remember being up there? I do. Oh hey, Steven! <laughs> and then the dolphin pops up in the water. Is there any fire giant corpse down there that has anything on it? Huh? As you pass under the bridge, the clear waters below you belie the glint of metal armor. Your barge sails casually over the rotting corpse of a submerged giant, its skeleton picked clean in places by river creatures, bloated, ragged flesh trapped under plate mail streaming along with the current. Classic. Classic. I think Red looks over to Jack. Yeah, I think Jack's definitely been spending a lot of time, you know, staring off the the back of the barge, just watching the wake uh, and the ripples sort of go out from the boat and bounce off the shore and have the waves interact with the rest of the the rocks and water. And he kind of looks down a little bit ashamed and walks over to Jack and sits down next to him and in a very Jack way sort of starts off topic and goes, water's quite lovely here. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to um, see it splash up on those rocks and freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw. Look, I'm sorry about yesterday. I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I, I lost my temper, and uh, that wasn't fair or nice. And and you and I are, well, we're more than friends. We're brothers. And, and we need to have each other's back, no matter what, because we're going to get into a lot, of, a lot of problems as we go on this adventure. And I, I know what you did. You did for a good reason. And I know you're going to continue to try to do things for good reason, and, and you're going to try to help this party in any way you can. And I'm sorry I didn't believe that yesterday. It's uh, been an interesting, eye-opening experience when it comes to trust, I think. Um, Really thought Church of Lathander was full of good people who did good things. Thought that my whole life. And uh, yeah, don't know what they did to Nightstone. Not sure that I want to know. Certainly... Can't imagine it's the legacy my friend was hoping to leave before she got murdered there by giants. And it sucks. I can't imagine. And I know that all of us have complicated pasts, and we have a lot to atone for in certain respects. And I hope that you know that no matter what happened, I know that... um, we can always come back from mistakes we've made, if you know what I mean. I don't know that it was a mistake, though. This is the this is the part that that it shouldn't have been a mistake. I should have been able to trust good people to do good things. That's the part that that hurts, right? It's not. It's that I was so wrong about the nature of the world in some ways. But then, Jack, couldn't it also have been? wrong that you saw these people as problems to report Uh, look i'm with you you should have been able to say something and they should have been fine but couldn't part of this be the revelation that even though these people believed in something you didn't quite understand especially after dealing with that imp and and the way that you saw yourself being a part of it maybe it was also wrong to involve them in the first place they could have just gone on their lives they weren't hurting anybody that's all i was trying to say that month ago in the woods I'm really confused about your position on Devil's Red. It's okay to worship them, but I'm bad for having involved one. But I should give stuff to them and like I I don't understand how it would feel okay for in your in your somehow your friend's beautiful village they set up, uh 
literal people who who love that imp and want that imp and its boss to be there and do things. You saw what they that 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 devil did to Torin's place, and and that was a tiny imp. And these are like people who brazenly put the devil god symbol on their doors, and somehow Nightstone is destroyed now. Well, I mean, I, I guess I don't have anything else to say then. I guess we're we're at an impasse. But I shouldn't have lost my temper at you. Is I guess all I'm trying to say. And I guess Rick gets up and leaves. I picture Kraloth and Doran sitting on the front. We're dangling our feet over the edge. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, just having chit-chat. How do you think this mace was made? <laughs> how, how would you do that? How would you make this? Is it made good? Doran goes into um, like my mace? a long conversation about how tools are made and <laughs> how this particular piece that you have, which I think is the magic. Yeah, image, right? mace of deception. It is a magical mace. And how it's how it's like got, you know, it's it's actually completely differently built. Being a magical item, it's it, there's there's the physical piece and then there's something done to it which I can't explain. If if uh, we ever get to a forge, I'd love to watch you work. And uh, if you ever you have you made magic items before? No, I've never I've never I've never made a magic item. In fact, meeting you and Jack uh, are really the most magical people I've ever known in my life. It's a, <laughs> it's a pretty inc- invigorating experience, I have to be honest. I mean, hey, well maybe you and Jack could put your heads together. I mean, I don't know I wouldn't hey, really be able to help with. I like the way with, I like the way you think actually like that. We we maybe we sh- we should try to forge something magical. Yeah, I'll keep you fed. Yeah, that's that'll be my contribution. I like it, and I think at this point, Red sits down next to them too and joins them on the front of the boat, and just like magic items, maybe you can make some magic arrows. The heads Ooh. would be pretty small. <laughs> what kind of magic arrows? Like ones that when you shoot them, it, it cracks lightning <sighs> through the air. Oh, maybe one that makes a stake appear. Ooh, yeah, I like that magic arrow. Imagine that we're <laughs> getting ready for dinner, and I'm just like stake arrow, and I shoot it, and the stake's there in the pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You combine it with create food and water. I got that spell. I'll do a butter arrow. Doran retrieves your mace, and he and he kind of shakes it and knocks on it. He's like, I wonder if I need to leave space for the magic. Does there need to be some place to put it? It's like a hollow. And he hands bunny. it back to you. Hmm. Jack uh, comes and sits down at the front of the boat, sort of on the other side from Red. So we're having steaks for dinner. It's tuna steak. <laughs> steak no, yeah. no it's fish steak. <laughs> oh, he here. tries so hard. Oh. In the guy. afternoon, you enter a system of canyons, prematurely darkening the sky. The rush of the current echoes through the shadows of the tall, winding sandstone, bouncing back at you like a hundred streams. And Zolkin speaks a word to the riverboat's skipper and the barge makes for the shore dropping anchor. All right, gentlemen, this is our stop. <sighs> Don't get your feet wet. Step lightly. Ha! Uh, Red jumps over dexterously. Mm, stepping lightly is not my forte. <laughs> I might get <laughs> my feet wet. You just fall in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Steps right off the boat into the water. Jack, you recognize up. this kind of outlet this dry riverbed as the beginning of the map that Zolkin had showed you and from this vantage now you recognize ah we are we're at the end of the journey I'm gonna look around with my passive perception of 20 I mean it's just the opening of a river that would lead into this larger canyon the the walls of which are about 80 feet tall at the top Mm. uh from the water level, I guess. Are we climbing up there or uh, we're going somewhere along the bank? No, don't be ridiculous. Kraloff, come now. Oh, I don't know where you're leading us. <laughs> Let's see that map. He opens up the map and he like traces his finger along this dry riverbed up through to where there's like a the, sh- the little drawing of the ruins of a tower. Ooh. Yeah, it's like a very simple map. Like, here's the river, mm-hmm. here's the bridge, and there's ruins. Yeah, over it's like a kid's <laughs> restaurant treasure map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and past even... the burgers and fries, go around the ice cream sundae. <laughs> <laughs> Napkin map. Yeah, yeah. Zolkin's like, the map here shows our destination. Just a short hike in this direction. We'll keep our eyes peeled for some ruins, clean house, and be back on a barge up river before night falls. And then... I'll tell you everything you want to know about your golden goose. Sound like a plan? I thought it was a wooden goose. Wood, gold wood. It's a wooden goose 
coin. Is it painted gold? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Lead the way, Zulkin. I'll take a 20-foot lead just to be a little stealthy. Cool, cool. The sandy floor of the dry riverbed crunches under your feet as you traverse the canyon, heading west. And behind you, the barge departs and leaves you alone. Small banks of snow and dry, leafless black shrubs cling to the canyon walls, and icicles hang in clusters here and there on cliffside outcroppings. Mm. I'd probably be going a little stealthy if I have the option. Yeah, you can roll for stealth. Happily. Fourteen. Okay, Red is stealthing up ahead doing a little scouting. And we have Zolkin, Jack, Kraloth, and Doran sort of bringing up the rear. Doran in the rear. The raw sound of a creature in distress echoes through the cavernous landscape. Perfect. And Red crouches immediately. Crouchy, crouchy. Do I see anything? You don't see anything. What we're looking at here is... Mostly dry riverbed in a canyon that's sparsely populated with dead trees or leafless trees. And the canyon is at two levels. So the first tier of rock formation goes about 40 feet high. And then there's a second tier that's the very top of the cliff face that's 80 feet from the riverbed that you're standing on. So I'll just climb the nearest wall Mm. about 40 feet up, take a look over the top, and then slide back down to see what I see and tell the others. So Red, as you climb up to like the first tier, essentially, of this canyon formation, you see that there's just carved out from the rock, like wind and erosion has created this like terraced feel to the landscape where you're one level above everyone else i suppose and the ground underneath you is firm and sandy but i don't see anything you don't see the source of the noise okay i head back down and i skulk over to the others and in a hushed tone i say i scouted up there i don't see anything it's a perfect place for an ambush though going through the uh Valley. I can cast Pass Without Trace. What is everyone thinking? What made that noise? Like, what kind of creature do you think? can roll a nature check, anyone who's interested. I'd love to. 20. Probably goat or a sheep, something like that. Sounds like <gasps> a creature that's being very injured, yes. Mauled. Steven! It sounded more like prey than it did the creature doing the praying, if you know what I mean. And it's still happening now and then you hear mm. like a bleat of pain. That might mean whatever could be hunting is distracted. When Red says that it could be an ambush, Kraloth glances back to Zulkin and just, I'm going to do an inside roll just to see how he's acting. Good thinking. Sure. What a long way to take us to, to eight. He's nervous. Okay. I mean, smart though. Take us way off so we can't get anywhere. If you were going to ambush somebody, this would be the smart place to do goat attack. Dire goat. Wear goats. Um, I don't think Zolkin's master plan here is to get us attacked. The other side of it is we do have a ton of magic items. We have a lot of gold. Like, we actually are a pretty valuable prize. But anyway. Mm. Say it louder. Here's my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) My wallet's so heavy. Can someone carry it? (laughs) I'm going to cast Pass Without Trace. Let's just keep going through the canyon and be very careful. Everyone keep close. Pass Without Trace has been cast. Why doesn't everyone make a stealth roll for me? That adds 10, correct? Bingo, bango. So Zolkin got a fucking 32. Nice. Stealthiest asshole ever. Oh, I got a 29. 26. I got 18. 17, yeah. And he's like, Red, this is awesome. Shut up, Zolkin. (laughs) Okay, so the five of you stealthily make your way through this canyon pacing carefully along the floor of this dry riverbed. And as you wind through the twists and turns of the valley, you come to a corner peeking around red. You see the source of this painful animal outcry underneath a withered dry tree. You see the body of a mountain goat and the creature that lords over it, tearing at its flesh. It seems to be some kind of huge mountain lion. Ooh. Can I roll nature on it? Yeah, please. Nine. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd have to get closer to learn more about it, but from this distance, it just looks like a big cat. Can I see what it's eating? Goat of some kind. Skeeved! Yeah. Well, I want to make sure. 
Okay, I'm, well, the I'm gross part use... about it is that this creature is like eating it alive. So the goat is still making noises and its legs in its mouth and is like eating, like it's torn off a leg. I walk back to the others. It looks like a large mountain lion. Oh, well, that's not so bad. I mean, how, how big are we talking here? And Red holds out his hands. Whoa. Big. Size of a horse? <laughs> yeah, it's like the size of a horse. It's a big lion. A warg? It's a horse-sized lion. <laughs> what do we want to do? I mean, obviously we could take it out. We're going to have a hard time sneaking by it. Might be good to get the jump on it. Also, mountain lion meat is pretty hard to come by. Jack, can you see it? Yeah, I can sneak around the corner and, and get a look at it. And I go up with him just to keep the pass without trace. Yeah, what are, what are we looking at? Nature eat know some things with a 21. The 21, Jack, it becomes clear to you after observing it for just a few moments. Like this creature, you're looking at it kind of from an inopportune angle. Mm -hmm. Um, But this does not look like a mundane lion. In what way? In that it has wings. Mm. Oh. Dropping down from the sheer cliff face above you. A monster the likes of which you've never seen pounces in ambush. Its body is that of a giant lion and covered in stained shaggy fur and shot through with eight-inch spines with powerful limbs and vicious black claws. Its leathery wings churn up storms of sand. A tail capped with a cluster of spikes waves menacingly overhead, held like a scorpion. And most disturbingly, the monster's face. A human countenance, twisted by psychopathic rage and hunger. Human golden eyes, a broad nose, and a wide mouth stretching across its jaw ringed in wet black lips and parted, revealing rows and rows of pointed ivory teeth. And from it, a cruel, terrible voice. And he launches himself at you. Everyone roll for initiative. Oh boy, talk about Manta Hardcore! Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Mitchell Cadwell, Perrin Caristi, Mary Karniski, Jessica Orrit, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Katie Orrit, and Merlin. See you soon, if we survive. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.